getting around being real. I'm Jevna. And I'm Kisa. And, and this, this is Talk 360. 360. All right. It's Jesus the. be a show back to back. I know, right? Um, so it's the week of 4th of July. So everyone's sort of in chill slash vacation mode, I hope. Or it's weird. It falls on a Wednesday. So maybe everyone's not in chill vacation mode. But I know a ton of people went to the vineyard this weekend, mm-hmm. which is like, I feel like it's becoming sort of like Memorial Day weekend in Vegas or Miami, where like tons of black people like flock to Martha's Vineyard. I don't think that's new. No. Mm-mm. I feel like in the past, like maybe three or four years. Anyways, we're not there. That's not the point of this. Yeah, um, what are you guys doing for 4th of July? I feel like I need a good barbecue. But. <laughs> <laughs> BT Doves. I mean, not even BT Doves. So what she's really trying to say is send her an invite. We can be reached at talk360show at gpad.com. <laughs> word, word. Invites, please. <laughs> no, nah, but I feel like no one's here to invite me to a barbecue anyway. Whatever. Anyways, all I have to say is I'm going to Jamaica on Thursday, mm-hmm. the day after 4th of July, and I am so excited. Um, my friend is getting married, so I'm going for her wedding, and I'm so happy for her. It's one of those situations, hopefully I don't tell too much of her business, but we were both dating like best friends when we were in college. Mm-hmm. We dropped both them trash N-words. And then one day, I don't know, I learned she had met this new guy randomly so they met at a target Mm -hmm. like think of it like not everyone's like oh maybe you'll meet your guy at a target right Mm -hmm. and like she legit met this guy at target right turns out the guy lived in her building she didn't even know he lived in her building that's too funny so like you know, he was like, "Yeah, let me." Yeah, let somebody me. could be like down the street from you, right? You would be so he met. Potential bang she met him at him. Target, but learned he lived in her building, yeah. and he was like, "Yo, I've been like seeing you like in the building," and she didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like here telling their love story. You are, I know, but I think it's so cute. That is cute. And so now, like, what three, four years later, they're getting married, and they're like the cutest couple and just the best, and. I'm so happy for her because she's been through some ish and it's good when you find a good man. And you got to let go of the baggage. Yeah. Let go of those F boys. <laughs> yes. So you can find your blessing. Stop blocking your blessing. Yes. So I'm about to celebrate her and <laughs> her union this weekend in Jamaica, my homeland. So it's about to be real lit. I got all my outfits. Oh, lit is retired. I know. I literally was just about to say that. Can't say that. Oh my god, it's it's retired because Donald Trump's son decided that that was part of his uh, vocabulary. So, anyways, I'm so excited, and I know Jevna too is gone, so we won't be here next week. I guess that's to say that because mm. I'll be in Jamaica and Jevna will be in Essence in, Fest in yeah, Nola. In Nola, yeah. So that should be a good time. Anybody going to NOLA? Real talk. Hit me up. Yeah. Maybe we can meet. So we'll we'll both be away this weekend. And I feel like whew, it's just long and well-deserved. This whole year, I really haven't done much. Um, I did go to NOLA for work earlier this month but or last month. But I'm so ready for a pool and lots of drinks and a swimsuit and just... I'm not ready for a swimsuit, but I'm going to wear it. <laughs> I hear that. I, I really am the meme that's like, what, wait, what is it like? You're going to oh, take, take whatever body I give you. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. really where I'm at right now, but it's that's fine. all good. Face going to be beat. 
All right. So with that, we'll get into our roundup. Yeah. So, you know, Trump has been talking a lot about putting tariffs on particular countries like China. And right now, a lot of the tariffs, especially on aluminum and steel, have gone into effect over the past few months. Mm -hmm. And with that has been what you can call some forms of like retaliation, right? Because like the EU is hitting back with tariffs on U.S. products ranging from orange juice to motorcycles. Harley Davidson, which we had learned actually maybe last week, was moving a a lot of its um, production outside of the United States. Right. Partially, I learned because of um, the taxes, right? Even despite the fact that Trump said the tax breaks would would affect businesses in in positive ways, that's not exactly what's happening. But also, a part of its production is steel, and but it could essentially cost Harley Davidson upwards of a hundred million dollars a year. Added cost. Because added of cost because right. of these tariffs. So it's basically saying it's moving its operations overseas to bring down costs. Um, China, you know, which is maybe one of the biggest players, why Trump decided to do this because to him they're not paying, you know, doing their fair share or paying their fair share. It is it is sort of still going back and forth about what are the things that it will do to kind of, quote unquote, get back at Trump. Mm-hmm. And um, the stock market is sort of paying for it. You know, I was there watching like my stocks these past few weeks. One week, I think like three, four weeks ago, I was like, ooh, I'm gaining. And this week I'm like, ooh, yeah. I am losing. So, you know, it's sort of like this tit for tat. It's a toss up. Like until the dust actually settles, settles with right. all of this, people are... The speculation is like right. going crazy. Um, and it will be interesting to see how this impacts the economy. You know, people are sort of, it's, it's funny, like Trump is really, aside from his racist bigotry side of him, like he's kind of a mixed bag for the economy. I feel like it's been a weird place. Like, I don't know if we're still sort of um, drifting on the after effects of Obama and things that, you know, he's done or whether people are actually feeling positive about some of the movements, even if they're semi-xenophobic or semi-over-the-top, where it concerns, like, Korea or where it concerns um, tariffs and taxes, like, whether they're having this positive impact or not, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like I you mean, said, I'm we'll sure see when the dust settles. It's probably too early. Anything that gets positive feedback and blame everything else on somebody, somebody else. Somebody else. No, that's real. <laughs> so, the... The Senate um, is supposed to go on holiday or whatever you want to call it, vacation. But before they, you know, took a little break for the summer, they had to do a few. Oh, wait, SCOTUS. SCOTUS, sorry, not Senate. My bad. Just start over. (laughs) So, yeah, before they go on holiday, they had a few laws to lay down the law on Mm -hmm. in the most easiest of terms. Yeah. Yeah. One of them was around um, Texas and gerrymandering. So basically gerrymandering is this practice, um, many say, of strategic redistricting. Redistricting. And, you you know, some people will be like, why don't you just make like tight squares that are like four by four and like just divide up a country in like four by four mile squares or something and decide that those are the districts, which would seem fair to a lot of of people, right? Like, I feel like the fair way would be to make it equal and divided properly. But essentially, that's not what happens. And many times you'll notice, like, um, what people will do to kind of dilute the vote of a particular party, because it's not just restricted to one or, you know, either party. This happens 
a lot, mm-hmm. um, you'll find that people will draw lines between a really dense um, political party affiliation in order to bring, you know, to lower that to lower affiliations, that affiliations impact, impact mm-hmm. right? This had gone from the lower courts to the high courts around gerrymandering in Texas. And what happened is um, the Supreme Court decided that it was not um, drawn in favor of a particular party in a five to four vote. There was only one district, District 90 in the Fort Fort Worth area, where they found that it was an impermissible racial gerrymandering um, situation. So what is that? I mean, I guess my one thing is like, so everything else is okay. Yeah, or, except, for except for that, that. one district. Yeah. Okay. Well, they found. They but then found, how doesn't that have to change how everything else is drawn? I don't know. Right. TBD. Whatever. Yeah. So basically, the thing it ruled that the state failed to prove that its map did not discriminate. Right. Um. So you know, I my feelings on this. I feel like it happens. It's real. I, I really don't understand how one part of the state could be like literally, let's say four by four miles. And then another is like six by eight, you know, or 10 by 15, you know, and it's like, yeah, this is the district. It's just bigger. Like, I don't understand. I feel like it needs to have some structure around it, similar to how every state has two Senate you know, and then House of Representatives is based By on population. population. You know, like there needs to be some rules around it. And I think that it sucks that you sort of can, whomever can decide how you structure your. Which is, and in whichever way is more convenient. And it's also like, I don't, I think what I don't get the most about it is that it's always like changing. Like, why is something like that able to change from like election cycle to election exactly. cycle? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, it just. Oh, we didn't like how this vote went down last time. So, so let's, let's cut just it change up. it, right? And this happens on both sides. This yeah, is not yeah. even just a Republican No, not at issue. all. Um, strategy, political yeah. strategy. So the other ruling that was actually pretty monumental, if you really think about it, mm-hmm. is the. Um, it's surrounding the, the travel, Trump's ban. travel ban. Yeah. yeah. So. Essentially, the lower courts had found that there were a few constitutional issues with the first few rounds of Trump's travel ban when he did it once he got into office. So, you know, there had been some changes in language, and now this is like the third version of the language change. And basically, it um, elimin- it doesn't allow, well, stricter rules um, on people traveling from Iran, Syria, Yemen, Libya, Somalia, and some parts of North Korea. So basically it's just stricter vetting processes and just a harder time at the airport for folks. The issue is that despite the fact that the language changed, people still have issues around whether it is kind of a veiled ban on Muslims, mm-hmm. right? And and the and while there are issues of higher um, security threats from certain countries and this is not like unique to this specific situation where you worry about a specific country or a part of the world that doesn't have the best interests of your right. country. So like, while that's not, um, not a thing, right? I think this kind of broad stroke brush has some really racial and bigoted implications. Oh yeah. The undertones um, are crazy. Exactly. So, um, I feel like they've, fixed it up a little bit, but it's still disconcerting about like what it really means in practice. Like in practice. This is what I always say about these decisions is like 
all this is doing is like setting the precedent for the new lay of the land in terms of like how this is going to be operationalized, right? Right. Like we still don't know what this is going to look like on the day to day. On the day to day. Does that mean every time somebody looks like they are Libyan, Somalian, exactly. from Yemen, whatever, exactly. like they're jumping through hoops? I don't right. know. Right. 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 Um, right. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, but right. it's standing still. I mean, it's standing firm. And then speaking of the Supreme Court, so one of the Supreme Court justices, Justice Anthony Kennedy, mm-hmm. he's actually retiring. And this is a huge deal because if you remember right before Obama left office, another justice retired and they had shot down the idea of Justice Garland, who was a Democratic candidate of not candidate, a Democrat, Democratic nominee, I guess, mm-hmm. um, of being in the being in appointed, the, in yeah. a, right, being appointed. Um, so now with, you know, Trump being in office and him being Republican, this really skews the possibility of skewing our Supreme Court justices very conservative Mm -hmm. because the net, you know, and it's really concerning because it's not even just about laws that future laws, it's about whether they can reverse laws that have already been in play, you know? And so people are essentially very worried yeah. about this because, to be honest, most of the time, um, these justices vote, vote along party lines. Yeah. Like, it's very rare that they go the other way. And so, and the odd thing is Kennedy, Justice Anthony Kennedy, was actually somewhat moderate. In the middle of the road, yeah. Somewhat, even though he did vote majority um, conservative. Yeah. Um, as he was a really integral part of getting, of legalizing gay marriage. So that was one situation where he didn't necessarily vote along party lines. I mean, we're losing a swing vote, so yeah, we'll see what happens. And then the other part is too, like after they, you know, shot down Merrick Garland, the Democratic nominee, they had, they make it easier for them to confirm justice. They had also made it easier for them to confirm justices. Yeah, they, so, it's almost like literally this is what happened. They wanted to make it super difficult for Obama to be able to nominate to, to place somebody in, but yeah. now they want to be able to, for Trump to have expedited yep. approval and, processes. Yep, yep. Because they're pushing for you know Trump to have a more expedited process, and I mean I think this is all just a testament to while they have the majority, they're going to be trying to push as much as they can to be like reevaluated, and they want to know that. The people holding the positions kind of have their backs. So. Right, right. Whew. All right. It'll well, be interesting times. Yeah. So, you know, I think protests are the means of some form of action or movement or at least um, visibility around issues. And so this weekend, um, there were several... Um, hundreds of thousands of people who turned out to protest the Trump administration's immigration tactics. Right. Um, You know, we talked a little bit about the zero tolerance policy and, um, you know, separation of kids from their families. And so people really came out to sort of support, not that, but support, like support this not happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, things got a little cray. I'll be honest. There's, there are conversations from folks like, um, Gillibrand, Senator Gillibrand, about like abolishing the ICE, the ICE, ICE, ICE. I say I see all the time, and Jeff laughs at me, but abolishing ICE. Um, and it's it's sort of a, a polarizing conversation because even the um, Hispanic Caucus within 
con- uh, in D.C. are mm-hmm. talking about, like, let's not go too far with this in terms yeah. of abolishing ICE because like, there are reasons why We ICE want to keep an eye on right? monitor yeah. immigration. Right. You know, and it's specific to the fact that we do have pretty bad um, drug infiltration into the U.S., and mm-hmm. that's part of their job. And I guess the way how I feel is if... If let's say let's say the rule let's say a principal is supposed to stop like all kids who wear green shirts, right? And now they're starting to not do that but stop all people with blue shirts, right? And blue shirts you found is also an issue. I feel like if you've now neglected the original issue and is, and you're going to just kids with blue shirts, who is somewhat of an issue, but blue shirts are probably kids who, like, eat candy in class, while green shirts are kids, like, fighting in class, right? Mm-hmm. I think what people are saying is ICE is no longer um, there to do and upholding the really important, like, aspects, aspects of their, of their job, yeah. right? And they've neglected, like, not necessarily neglected, but it's it's more so an operation of catching illegal, quote-unquote, immigrants mm-hmm. or illegal immigrants, not quote-unquote. And investing so many resources in, in that, trying to vet people. Exactly, this, that, exactly. Yeah. Instead of other things that might... Let's tackle that immigrants that are fight. actually doing things that are illegal exactly. or that exactly. put the country at risk exactly. or the citizens exactly. at risk. Yeah. So that's sort of like the easiest way I can explain it. Like, So that's the reason why they're asking for abolishment. I'm not sure I'm completely gung-ho on that and I'm not sure that you'll. that's a stance that will garner the attraction of even people right in the middle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I just feel like it's too... Over it's the so top. inflammatory. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. Nobody's so, saying it needs to be the wild, wild west either. Right, right, right. So, you know, it's it's one of those issues where, again, it's sort of like when the dust settles, we'll see where it goes. But at the very least, we don't want kids sep- being separated from their families. Mm-hmm. All right. So big news this week. In New York, the congressional seat, the 14th District congressional seat, was taken over by a 28-year-old self-proclaimed Democratic Socialist mm-hmm. Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez in her red lip. Um, it was one of those moments where people had this conversation about where's the Democratic Party going because you have this like incumbent Joe Crowley, 10 terms mm-hmm. being derailed by like this first time. I think she even still works at a restaurant. Like mm-hmm. she is not like a politician by any means. I mean, means. she's only 28. Like, right. How, how much of a political right. career could she have? Yeah. Right. Um, and so, you know, her victory is sort of like, what does this mean? What is yeah. this saying? Like, where should the Democratic Party go? Well, and I despite think, the fact... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I was just going to say that, like, I mean, her whole MO was like, she was definitely the underdog. Yeah. And it was very grassroots. And, like, I think it was kind of one of those situations where, I mean, it's a little different, so I don't want to make a direct parallel or whatever but the same way that like i almost feel like it's a situation where people slept on like trump and they were so surprised right Mm -hmm. but like he was very strategic and that's Mm -hmm. how he got to a place where he could be a serious contender Mm -hmm. and i feel like okay she might not have had all the money and all of this and all of that but she was very tactical with her approach and like she kind of fought for like the everyman and like and used that to her you know to her benefit i think there's a valid argument in her nomination or whatever that sort of we have to talk about right 
she's a she's a self-proclaimed socialist democrat and people are talking about whether this is the way of the democratic party Mm -hmm. and whether that will actually allow for democrats to win more broadly Mm -hmm. right because new york is you can say hella progressive hella liberal hella forward thinking but is the rest of the country that way and if that's the way the democratic party is going Mm -hmm. will democrats actually be able to have a grasp at other seats in the country. You know, mm-hmm. there's competition around that. Yeah. And there's competition around whether, is it a sign that that's where America is shifting? I'm not sure I'm quite convinced about the latter. So, you know, it does make me sort of worried because she is so progressive. And, yeah. And, and it's not I almost feel quite like where the country is. We're walking is. into the, I don't know though, because to me, I almost look at it as like, this is another testament to how polarizing some of, our beliefs currently are right Right. where it's like there's like no room for gray area anymore it's either like you're anti or you're super pro do you know what i mean like and i think for me that's how i kind of perceive this win like yeah it's super progressive but it's like for some people like you know god forbid you even say socialist anything they're like what yeah you know what i mean yeah (laughs) but that's 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 real that's why i'm sort of worried it's like yeah it's cool but it's also like is this really the 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 way that will win Mm -hmm. bigger larger more because like it even scares some democrats right right? exactly but i think it's the same way that like some of the policies that Trump is enacting even scares some Republicans. But that's right. what I mean. Like, I feel yeah. like that's where we are, yeah. is yeah. my point. No, like, that's real. I think we're at this place where, like, we see, we're seeing the, like, extremes kind of flourish in a in the micro level. But, like, how what is this really meaning? Yeah. Like, does that speak to the base on either side? Right. I don't know. Right. We'll see how it shakes out. All right. So... More wild black stories. So that's hashtag wild black. We have situations where you have people like Permit Patty and Barbecue, whatever the other lady's name is. Yeah. So essentially in Oakland. So, you know, I don't know. Oakland is seen as a place that's progressive. But for some reason. It's been OD gentrified. um, Here's how it always goes. It goes black people. And then it goes super progressive liberal people who start to come in because they're like, this is a cool place to be. Uh-huh. And I'm not paying crazy rent in San Francisco. And then as more white people go into the area, then white people are like, oh no, I need this place to be X, Y, Z. And I'm not comfortable in my home. And then ergo situations yeah. like these. So the Oakland Fire Department, um, you know, minding their business and Kevin- Y'all know California is known for the wildfires yep. this that and the third. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So part of their job is like going through areas that have brush and forest or whatever and making sure there's nothing that could potentially catch fire and turn into a big wildfire cluster. Yeah. Yep. So Kevin Moore, who's black, mm-hmm. is a part of the Oakland Fire Department and he's supporting this, you know going around and why is it that this resident calls the Oakland police officer sends them Talking footage about, a suspicious man yeah, from my a, backyard. a home security camera um, of more ringing her doorbell and then but like even- can we talk about how that already makes me mad <laughs> so he tried to let you know what he was doing and you call the cops yeah like, you think people who try to break it do... I mean, I guess maybe... You know what? Here's the thing, though. But he's in his uniform. Right. I don't... Yeah, I... You have to see other people kind of doing this on your block. Yeah. Like, 
he's not do they just ride around in trucks or Listen, like what i don't know but anyway she called the cops on this guy who was just simply doing his job and quite frankly was just trying to help her so you know what next time leave the brush i'm gonna actually move I the was brush about to, to your say, backyard i was about to say make the <laughs> burn okay like uh. and then you got another little kid this 12 year old kid who you know is out here hustling basically mm-hmm. trying to mow lawns make him some cash for the summer probably get his new outfit for school and this woman calls the cops because he was more her lawn like seriously you got a kid out here breaking his back doing something you didn't even ask for which is also good for you right like yeah. mowing your lawn if even if that was the case and you choose to call the cops like instead of just approaching the 12 year old go kid, outside like, and say hey i'm not sure why you're doing this they didn't ask for this <laughs> and call it a day it ain't no sweat off his back to do less work like i don't I don't exactly. Understand. Exactly. So she was like recording. She's like confronted them. All this foolishness. Call the cops. Cops come. Thankfully, this wasn't a situation that ended poorly. No. Yeah. No arrests. No. Everything went smoothly. Like nothing like, to note here. A waste of the cops' Listen, time, and also a waste of her time. And a waste. Why of Why can't his you just time? go outside? I, this is what I really don't get. Like, you know what? I mean. I just don't get how it's always, and even when, okay, my issue even with the permit patties and the barbecue Beckys is like, even when they do come up to talk to them, they come up to them like, I'm calling the cops. Yeah, it's never like. <laughs> Why can't you just have a conversation and see what's going on? But you yeah. know what? Joke's on you because everybody's hitting this boy up and his little business with his, like, I don't know if it's friends, but he has a bunch of other young kids around his age and they, like, are working together. He's getting mad play from you calling the cops on him. Yep. So, so now you trying yep. to shut him down. And now he got all the jobs. Listen. So I guess, you know, blessings Thanks coming. Thanks for the free publicity. Yeah. Blessings come in weird packages. Um, so it's 2018, y'all. And it's oh. crazy that in 2018... We still trying to get bills around lynching passed. So, Mm -hmm. yes, lynching was way more popular back in the day. But you'd be surprised to learn that it still happens, Mm -hmm. right? And so Congress has failed to pass anti-lynching bills in the past. And so now you got these three um, black senators, Kamala Harris, Cory Booker. So Kamala from California, Mm -hmm. Cory Booker from Jersey, Tim Scott from South Carolina. Who have introduced a bill to make lynching a federal offense, y'all, in 2018. So the Senate's own, the Senate's black legislators introduced the bill on on Friday. Mm-hmm. And if this law passes, it would make lynching, right? Mm-hmm. And a punishable hate crime in 2018. Like, it's not a punishable hate. On a federal hate. level, right. It's not punishable right now in 2018. Not to say it's the most popular way of getting black people because now they're using guns and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's still Legally. crazy. Right. It's still crazy that yeah. this is not a federal offense. I don't get how, like, why are you mad to make it that? I know y'all going to find every loophole and way to make it so that it's not even a hate crime and therefore we can't even enforce this. So, like, why are y'all mad? Right? I just, and what, what's the counter argument? Right. That's what I'm trying to understand. Crazy. What is it? Crazy. No. I don't want it. I want to be able to maybe possibly. Oh, my gosh. Crazy. No. So, like, why are you mad? Ay, ay, ay. So, Joe Jackson has died um, at age 89. Mm-hmm. Um, he's credited with helping 
the Jackson kids become famous. Janet Jackson, the Jackson Five, the group. They are who they are because of him. Good yeah. And bad. Um, despite, again, speaking of conversations we had last week around polarizing deaths, you know, mm-hmm. um, obviously he gave us Michael and Janet, but we can talk a little bit about his abusive tactics and whether he should be a guy who's praised or not. Um, so it's one of those things where you're like, I love you, but I also hate you. It's like it worked, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Um, so, you know, we learned last week that he was dying of pancreatic cancer and there was some like hustle, well, not hustle, like some whispering around whether he had already died. Like there was like really like rumors around whether he had died already or whether right. he was dying or blah, blah, blah. And it came about this week that he did die. So with that, um, may his soul rest in peace. Yeah. And then in kind Yo, of. Yo, and the memes already have no chill. I hate, like, I love and hate the internet. <laughs> Can we like leave deaths alone? <laughs> I mean, I guess people could say that about us because we keep talking about these people in, like, positive and negative lights, but... But, like, I'm not making a meme about it. No, that's real. Um, All right, and then, finally, um, I actually saw a chart today about the most expensive cities and how much it costs to have an apartment. Um, What did I learn from San Francisco is the most expensive city in the world with the average rent. Um, being $3,500 a month. That's not a year, y'all. A month. Um, and Boston's not far from there. Boston's actually in the top 10 of the yeah. most expensive rents in the, world. in the world. In the world. This is not just in America. We're talking about, like, places you would think, like, print money, like, Arab money levels. Yes. Like, no. Like, nothing. we are more than even Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Abu Dhabi. So, anyways, um, so... Because California is so, I mean, not California, but San Francisco is so expensive. Mm -hmm. It is actually low income. Someone has a low income, meaning it's hard for you to make all your necessities, housing, food, necessities, necessities, Necessities. not you balling out of control. If you make one hundred and seventeen thousand dollars. So families with one hundred and seventeen thousand dollars of income Yes, so not a single person, by the way. This is a family. So a family, let's say, of two or three. Yeah. $117,000 is a low income. Right. You you barely making it past the poverty line. I would... I wouldn't... I'd be living on the street. Listen, like, I... And, I mean, and even, what's crazy is I've heard news of like software engineers making like 100K rooming up and yeah. barely making it. And it sounds weird to be like feeling bad for somebody who makes $100,000. And like, you how can do easily we get say, here? why don't you like move out of this city? But you know, but that's not if that's not where the jobs are, like what are you supposed to do? Right, right. No, that's real. That's real. It's it's crazy. Like I, I don't understand. And it's not even like it's just this, that. I mean, and this is baked into a lot of things, right? It's like cost of living in every facet of cost of living is going up no every yeah, single facet yeah. even cost kind of, of food cost of your housing everything, everything is going up in tandem and inflation is like it's not like our pay is not matching up like inflation is not being reflected in how much we're earning like yeah. i don't it's crazy so the median price for a single family home in the bay area is now nine hundred and thirty five thousand dollars bruh a house that had a leaky roof and needed help sold for one point two three million after a bidding war. <laughs> Wait, after what? After a bidding war. Oh yeah, that's nuts. 
Okay. Yeah. Like you're not, you're not, we're, that 935 is not guaranteeing you refresh, remodel. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Places I am not moving to, San Francisco. Okay. Okay. All right. So that's it for our round up. All right. So let's move to our phase of the week. So this week, I'm going to go to what I call an oldie but goodie. And it's to basically Spotify. Now, I don't know about y'all. I don't know how many of y'all are Tidal fans, Apple fans, Google Music fans, YouTube Red fans, like whatever, Amazon fans. But listen to me. Nothing beats a playlist from Spotify. Okay. So not that I'm trying to tell you to pay coins for Spotify, but I myself, I love me a Spotify playlist. You just have to pay coins to listen with no commercial. Um, And so my playlist that I was into this week, which made me think about this again, it was a hits playlist, but it's like former hits. So it literally collected like the best of the songs that I've loved over like the past, maybe like maybe five years. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just the best playlist. Like I was sitting here, there's a song I love by Paramore called Ain't It Fun. And I was like, yo, I forgot about this song. And I was here like singing it like on top of my lungs in my car, like four times in a row. Like, yeah. yo, I forgot about this song. It's so crazy. Cause like, we're so inundated with so much new content Yeah, and like, Especially with the radio, like the same five songs will be yeah. played. Even the same five old school songs will be yeah. played. You no, think no, that yeah, there's like real, no, music. no music? I legit forgot about the song. So, anyways, it was that. It was like it was just all this really dope music that I have forgotten about, and I was just like vibing out. And I was like, it was just perfect. I could listen to the song after song after song. It's very rare that I can listen to song after song if I'm not like at a party. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like. I'm, I'm yeah, like I'm bad <laughs> about like curating my own music. Yeah. So like, anyways, so it was just that was my fave this week, just being able to kind of vibe out to not super old, but like relatively new, quote unquote, music within like the past five years, and just like remember songs I have forgotten. So that's my fave. Okay, um, my fave of the week um, is also music related. Uh, it's a new song, at least new to me. I think it came out in like June, but like I just started like listening to it. Um, I'm fans of both of these people. I believe it's a gold link song and Miguel is featured on it. And the song is called got friends. So, I mean, I don't know if you know either of those artists, like you already have a sense of like what this is going to sound like. So gold link is like alternative R and B kind of like usually like faster tempo music. Um, and Miguel is Miguel. So like all your little like R&B soul, whatever kind of pop fusion going on. So for me, I mean, I really like the track. It's like, what is it? The premise is like, it's kind of like the girl has all her friends. And I'm like, this is like a, where I, like I'm about to be a NOLA with my girlfriends. Like this is like a, oh, we all out. We yes. Whatever. So um, it's a good little, it's a good little bop. Okay. Check it out. All right. All right, y'all. So that's it for our faves of the week. Uh, Well, actually, let me give you the spiel. As you know, the show's called Talk 360. Every week we pick a topic that's pretty controversial or sort of controversial that everyone's talking about, and we try to dissect it from all sides. I think this week we're kind of going to go back to the traditional way that we really envisioned this series because I know some things it's just... It's right or it's wrong. It's right or it's wrong. This time we're sort of really kind of revisiting this idea of 
yo, it could really be black and white. And on both sides, there are valid points. And let's really try to think about them. We wanted to talk a little bit about Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who is the press secretary for um, the Trump President Trump, the Trump administration, um, being asked to leave a restaurant in um, Virginia. So I think it was last week, right? I think it was last week. Um, she had visited a restaurant called the Red Hen mm-hmm. in Virginia with her family. It was a small restaurant. Um, and essentially they sat down, they had started to get served and she got, a, um, the owner of the restaurant got a call from her workers to come down because Sarah Huckabee Sanders was in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. So she came and she met with her employees and she said, Hey guys, um, how do you feel? Do you feel like I shouldn't have them here? Mm-hmm. Um, and her employee said, no, yeah, basically ask her to leave. Um, So, you know, she said, this is a part of the conversation. She said, I had to think about like my moral ground. This is a woman who works for someone who agrees with gay marriage and she has gay employee. I mean, not agrees, disagrees with gay marriage Mm -hmm. and have fought against it. And she has gay employees employees, and, you know, thinking about all the policies and things that Trump has put into effect. And she was like, on a moral standpoint, she was like, I, I can't have this woman here mm-hmm. you know so she goes over to her asks her if she could step outside for a second pulls her outside and says you know basically tries to put into words how she felt and asks her and her family to leave mm-hmm. Sarah didn't protest um, she actually even offered to pay the bill for the appetizers that she had mm-hmm. um, and said she would leave the employee um, in turn put up a picture of a whiteboard um, the whiteboard had on it 86 Sarah Huckabee. 86 in restaurant um, language is code for get someone out. Mm. Um, and so the, the employee posted it on Facebook and there was like a big thing. And then people were wondering if it was real or true. And then basically Sarah confirmed it in a tweet yeah. saying basically, essentially, this says more about the owner than me. My family and I were asked to leave. This says more about them than me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's been, again, a polarizing issue. Yeah. Um, many know. people... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Um, so many people have been concerned about, you know, is this really... Is this right? Is, is this, this right? Is it Right. Um, as well as, uh, is this really the route we're going to go with, yeah. with how we feel about our issues? And, I mean, it's a fair question because, like, this isn't the first time. So the same thing happened... Um, to the Homeland Security Secretary when they were out and about at a Mexican restaurant. And, like, we even have people like um, Representative Maxine Waters who are actually issuing call to actions for people to protest in this manner. Right, right, right. right. Um, So, you know, here's the thing, right? And this is where I'm going to present, like, two sides. So there's a side of this that is, like, People do horrible, terrible things or are or do not speak out. So maybe they're not doing, but they're not saying against things that are negative and terrible and negatively impacts a lot of people, Mm -hmm. i.e. if you are against, you know, immigrants or if you are racist or if you spout racist um, ideologies that impact a lot of people. 
people are going to feel some kind of way and they don't want to support you, Mm -hmm. right? Then there's the other side to this, and, and not to this specific issue, but then there's this other conversation where it's like, okay, what does it mean when you start to say that individuals use their own moral compass, right? Which varies depending mm-hmm. on people. We all know that America probably has every range basis. of the moral ca- compass you mm-hmm. can possibly think of, right? And there sometimes are- one person can, one person who you would think would have one sense of morality can enact that morality in different ways to different people or different groups. Exactly. So what does it mean in a country with all shades of moral compasses, with millions of people who Mm -hmm. have to supposedly interact with everyone, deciding how they enact their moral compass, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that is fundamentally the problem for me. As much as I do not, like, literally dislike Sarah Huckabee Sanders with every bone in my body. I'm like, how are you professional? Like... I don't, I, I don't understand you as a worker. I right. don't understand you as a con person. I don't understand you as right. Anything. I don't think I can be okay with an individual deciding what is morally wrong and 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 and, and enacting it in a very public way mm. against people within like businesses or right. in public like public entities. So people who serve all kinds of people. If we're to or say should or theory. should serve all kinds of people. Which is so, up for debate. Yeah, I'm not so what I'm saying is I'm not against you choosing to do what you do on an individual basis level, based on what you based believe on what in. you believe. Yeah. But when you start to use what you believe to influence a more right. I'm not giving you access to X because Y. And I don't agree with Y. Right. And when I say a more influential entity, I mean the public sector, right? Like when you start to say, you can't come to my church because of X. Or you can't come to my restaurant because of Y. Or you can't um, go to this school because of X. Or I feel like you've now opened the floodgates for all kinds of discriminatory actions even if your moral compass is set on bigotry, you are now allowing anyone who has a moral compass of no gays, right? I don't believe in gay marriage. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in black people dating each other. I mean, interracial mm-hmm. relationships. It's like, where do we draw the line? Right, right. Where do we draw the line? And I think that is my fundamental issue. And so I don't like where we as Americans start to um, pick and choose where our morality like sort of ends because what a lot of people are saying is for some it's like you're so angry at this Huckabee Sanders thing but you weren't mad when they were doing it to the couple who wanted that cupcake shop to make a cake for them for their wedding or when that place turned away Joe Biden you were praising that you were cool with that and now you're mad about Sir Huckabee right, Sanders it's selectively problematic right. or the Democrats or liberals who are upset about those two situations but aren't upset about this and right. you're selective about it and that's where I'm not cool with that like I'm not cool with you deciding where your morality starts and yeah. ends in terms of the public entity. And yes, Sarah Huckabee deserves her time in hell to burn. But I just don't think 
especially in such a kind of private moment. Like she took her family to your restaurant. She obviously wanted to enjoy your food. Like I just don't think it was cool and I'm not going to support that. And this is where I think the word libtard is actually appropriate because I feel like the moment you start, I think as what you're doing is you're saying that your personal opinion is, overrules this person's right to access it doesn't matter yeah right now it's just a meal exactly right now it's just lunch but like somebody else who is in a position of more power where these decisions impact people's lives in a real way right you know like oh like literally this imagine if this is a situation where a small bank doesn't denies a new a start a new family who are trying to buy their starter home loan because they're an interracial couple. Exactly, exactly. It's like, and you can't. And again, you could say, "Oh, but that's wrong, and this is okay because it's going against that." I feel like no, you cannot say that. You cannot. You cannot put morality in the hands of individuals because no. mo- the one mor- we've shown our true colors right. time and time again and we cannot be trusted right <laughs> right like we cannot be trusted like when i think for me that's the bigger issue like why do we have to do things on such a like individualistic like level right like again i think this all goes back to like where do we draw the line okay you want this person to be able to deny these people, this person from sitting in their restaurant and enjoying a meal. But like, so what is too much? I think that's my counter. So what is too much? So so again, where do we draw the line? Like, when is it too much? And miss me with the, it's too much when it doesn't align with my personal beliefs. Right. (laughs) Because one, you can't have it both ways, right? Because the other, the counter argument to this is, well, one, on one side, okay, she should be able to exist. Like, some people are come, people coming up to her defense while well, she just works for Trump or whatever the case might be. Right. Um, she's just doing her job to the best of her ability. Right. Why are we attacking her for doing her job? And, like, okay, and one, she should have, I don't know, like, I wholeheartedly exist i mean i wholeheartedly believe that people should be allowed to exist and be their true selves so long as it's not negatively impacting other other people people. and in this case it's negatively impacting sarah even if i don't like her Mm -hmm. and i think you're going down the right track here in terms of thinking about this from sort of okay how how do we even as democrats or or people who believe in whatever right how do we believe in the rights of every individual until (laughs) exactly (laughs) right yeah it is so almost anti the democratic way or you know maybe like really progressive, right? So it's so anti the progress life, really liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Happiness right. is this meal, so what's good? Right, and and I don't like, I really don't like this idea of reneging on that because you don't like someone, and when you feel like it, because God forbid somebody's preventing, blocking your blessing. Exactly, exactly, 
And so I'm going to be that one person that's like, as much as it tickles me, as much as it soothes and massages my petty to the core, like it really does not set a good precedent for me. And it doesn't really sit well with me because here's the thing, right? When you think of these situations and when you think about power, the concepts of power, right? This woman who owns this restaurant had the power in that particular situation because it's her restaurant. Mm -hmm. She could decide what to do. But who has the majority of the power in this country, right? And so when you start to say people in powerful positions who decide what what is moral, what is right or wrong... You're now saying anyone in a position of power can enact their own moral compass or their own morality uh, on everybody else. And who are the majority in power? Right? Not the disenfranchised, Mm -hmm. not the oppressed. They're disenfranchised and oppressed for a reason. Exactly. Yeah. So you're really saying... I think I think my issue with this is like at the end of the day this has become a for 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 a people who are so quick to be like freedom to do all that you want to do right to choose well not right to right. choose but right to whatever I don't really understand how we're okay with a singular person making a decision that impacts so many so many right and like yes yo I, I Miss me with the argument. Like, I know it's trivial, and I know it's just dinner, and I know Sarah went down the street and very easily found somewhere else that she could eat. But the point is, like, about the principle behind it all, right? right? Like, what if this is actually enacted in places where you are dying, denying somebody access to a basic human right or denying somebody access to, like, a basic human need and necessity where you're redlining and preventing somebody from getting housing that they need when you're preventing somebody from getting access to the medical attention that they need we just talked about the person using their discretion and they didn't want to fill somebody's prescription and that's supported by the law and the company right like again where cool like you can have your belief but like i think my issue with this is always like so where do we draw the line on when who's believe Trump's what? Right, 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 right. And don't get me wrong, really quickly, I totally understand this idea of enacting your voice against wrongs mm-hmm. by saying, I'm not going to serve you, right? It's like you saying, hey, you kill people and I'm a masseuse. And I don't want to rub the back of someone who kills people every Mm -hmm. day. I totally get that. Like, I, it's not like I don't get why this restauranteur, like, decided that that was the means by which they would enact their own, um, democratic exercising the power that they did have. Right, right, right. But I also feel like, where does this end? Yeah. If this is the means by which everyone enacts their own will, mm-hmm. where where does it end? I you think know? for me too, it's my perspective is I want to see more people using the power that they do have and the morality that they do have to do good as opposed to restricting others. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like how, I mean, well, I know, and I, again, I'm not saying, I know that like resources are not, unlimited and I know that this person can't 
hire every underrepresented employee or every immigrant who's negatively right. impacted by right. the Trump administration. But that's the means by just, which you could do that, right? Yeah, hire right? people. Like, look out for the yes. people. Give to charities. Go volunteer. Bring your kids to a different dance school with black kids. Like, do different things. Like, I don't know. Like, this and is not like, the means get, by which you do it. It's hard because it's like, I do, on the other hand, though, I do get like, you know, a lot of people, like I mentioned, Maxine Waters calling for more of this, right? And like, you know, she literally was like, you see them in a restaurant, you see them at the department store, create a crowd, push back on them, tell them they're not welcome anymore. Yeah. And I'm not and, okay with it. As much as I love my dad, Maxine. Yeah, like, I mean, but so here's the thing. I, I'm one of those people who is like, I don't support this only because I just see how the lines can be blurred. And when you're unfortunately the person on the wrong side of this, how problematic it could be, right? right. Which is why, in theory, I'm worried about enacting this kind of swift justice or, like, yep. personal, individualized. Like, what we're really doing here is, like, we're allowing the individual to be the judge. Like, you're not a judge. Right. It's not on you to dole out swift justice right 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 no and I, I mean but on the flip side i'm like you know what maybe we need to make these people who are super comfortable uncomfortable to some capacity yeah. so they can understand why it's not okay for them to act the way that they act right but like again i mean like we can't have for me my issue is just like we can't have that conversation until we're also drawing the line for like where does it end and how much is enough and like right how do we ensure that like i mean i don't i don't want to get in somebody's face to kick them out of a restaurant because i don't want somebody to do that to, to me. me right 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 especially when like what we're doing is we're allowing a space where on a whim someone can decide that whatever you're bringing to the table is something they don't want in their environment or space or whatever the case might be. Right, no. So I, I don't know. Like, I think it's hard because it's like, I get that in your business, in your home, in your whatever, you should be able to do whatever you see fit. But what does this mean? And like, do we want to set the precedent that this is okay when some people can choose to use this and do terrible things. Right. No. Yeah. So, I mean, if you have an opposing thought around this, feel free to talk to us about it at Talk Through 60 Show on Twitter, on Instagram, Talk Through 60 Show forward slash or backslash forward slash Talk Through 60, Facebook.com forward slash Talk Through 60 Show. Um, email us, talkthrough60show at gmail.com. Let us know how you feel about this. Let us know if you're all for, you know, individuals deciding that they don't want to service people who treat people badly, um, you know, and just where do you, where do you fall there? Um, but that's it for our 360 topic. Um, we want to leave you with a few words before we go this week and run off to our vacations in the sun. Well, I'm in the sun. Jevna's in the humidity. It's questionable. <laughs> um, but let's do it. So my 10 words of less this week is serenity comes when you trade expectations for acceptance. Mm -hmm. Peace of mind. Yes. And that's really that's it. pretty straightforward. It is. 
Um, my 10 words or less are no one is you and that is your power. power. So embrace your individualism. Yes. All right. So in short, no one is you. That is your power. And with your power, don't trade your expectation. Trade your expectations for acceptance. <laughs> Amen. Yes. yes. <laughs> you like how I joined that together? I no? Do. Yeah. That's okay. Ah, okay. <laughs> All right, y'all. Um, and we said all this about us traveling to say there will be no episode next week. Yeah, I did. Yeah. No episode. Because we will be glow trotting if you made it this way. You know, just wanted to let you know. Don't expect it because it's not coming. <laughs> all right, beautiful people. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And like, share, yes. review. So have a wonderful 4th of July. If you like fireworks, good for yo. Seriously, my block is crazy already with the fireworks. I'm like, my baby couldn't go to sleep. Um, listen. (sighs) Anyways, so if y'all like that fireworks stuff, go out, enjoy it, enjoy the barbecuing, enjoy your family, enjoy the drinks, the fun, the smiles, the laughter. Take the day off. Yes. Even if black people didn't have their independence. Right. Ooh. Ooh, that's a whole. That's why we had Juneteenth. Yes. 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 All right, y'all. See y'all soon. Bye. Bye.